Hello everybody, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies, Three Dads, Three Very Different Scenarios. I am here, as always, with Adam and Benny. Hello lads. Hello there. What's happening? What's happening? Pancake day, go. Oh, we <laughs> oh god, went, so much pressure. We went classic. We went batter mix, thin, laid out, lemon juice, sugar, half of them were burnt, the other half were mostly raw. Because my pan is no longer a no-stick pan. My my spatulas are jagged and slightly melted from years of fried egg abuse. But yes, it was so good. And we had them on Monday because we couldn't wait for an extra day to have them. (laughs) I had pancakes on Wednesday because I didn't have a chance to make them on Tuesday with work. And I made two lots of better. I made the same sort of ones that Adam was talking about, which uh, I guess are technically crepes. But it's a no. bittersweet thing, because <laughs> the recipe I use originally came from Delia Smith, and we all know how we feel about her. Yeah. And then I also made a second <laughs> batch, which were um, more American-style buttermilk pancakes. So I found out how to make your own buttermilk, which is very interesting. Ooh. A lot thicker, a lot sweeter, a lot fluffier. I can only have one and I'm full. Can I also congratulate you on the hidden pun of your pancakes being a bittersweet experience? <laughs> yeah, well done. I sniffed out that dad joke, that pun there. <laughs> um, I'm already getting there with the dad joke. Exactly. <laughs> because I'm a loser and a complete hardo, I had to have chocolate protein powder pancakes, which I will say I tried a few weeks ago because I saw somebody make them on YouTube. And it's just, it's the same recipe, so it's just two eggs, a splash of milk, and one scoop of chocolate protein powder, and they were fucking delicious. Mm. They were a bit dry. On Tuesday, I had them, and I had peanut butter on top of them, and then a bit of double cream as well, and they were fucking delicious. This is the kind of diet I I need to be on, where it's just chocolate (laughs) pancakes, peanut butter, thick, delicious cream. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very... um, you feel as though it's it shouldn't make sense and it is kind of cheaty, but it's for my diet because I'm one of those people who really limits their carb intake. There's zero. There's like there's about five grams of carbs in the whole thing, so for me That's it was good. it was completely fine and perfectly good. I could have it in. I think I think I had four of them and they were delicious. Oh, and I to avoid the uh, the carbohydrate completely in this sort of the sugar, I had sweetener sprinkled inside of them instead uh, of having sugar inside ooh, them. Oh, now I don't know about that. Because I've tried like cakes with sweetener in. Because I'm like you, I, d- I don't have sugar in hot drinks. I have to have sweeteners. I could not have a pancake with sweetener on. It is just that chemical taste of the sweeteners would just ruin it for me. I think it wasn't too much. If if I if it's on my cheat day and I have pancakes, I go the whole hog and I have sugar and lemon and fucking whatever I want. You know, chocolate spread and all kinds of things. I'll go crazy, but. You can't really, it's just for that tiny bit of sweetness, you can't really taste it because you've got the, the double cream, you've got the peanut butter and the chocolate. Oh, that's So strange. it's kind of overpowered. It's only just that little bit of sweetness that the, you know, kind of fits with the end. But yeah, they're amazing. And we all had good pancake days. That's all right. I'm good to, I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah. I'm, ple- well, it, I'm pleased that you two are both um, sugar and lemon boys as well. I assumed that was like a, a posh southern thing. I thought you guys would have like gravy with your pancakes or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, be- I have beans on mine. One of our friends has sent us a picture of his pancake, which was suspiciously square, uh, <laughs> quite well done and thick, and had sausages in the middle. <laughs> we would call it toad in the hole, <laughs> but he has classified it as uh, just a big, thick, savoury pancake. That and I, I can't fault that. 
it's it's a pancake technically it's made out of batter and very much Dealey not Dealey Smith the attractive one who's the attractive chef lady Nigella Nigella Nigella. that's the one oh god my memory is terrible I remember years ago her making a sweet toad and hole type thing but without the sugar uh, sorry without the sausage she had like ice cream really nice vanilla like clotted cream ice cream Mm golden syrup and like oh. a little sprinkling of sugar on the top in what was essentially like a big square Yorkshire pudding and it was just like a dessert toad in a hole and it was the best thing ever I I can't get that out of my head as like <laughs> a, an option for a dessert because it is technically it's a pancake it's just like what... a firm pancake and mm-hmm. you can use it as a bowl Amazing. I know I've discussed on this show already my sort of lack of having a type of woman and that therefore means I find many, 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 many different women attractive. The reason why I think Nigella is so attractive is that A, she still looks bloody good for her age. I get she's probably had lots of work done. Mm -hmm. I'll throw an allegedly in there just in case she's feeling particularly litigious this day. (laughs) But she's allegedly had loads of work done. But she still looks great. And the best thing about Nigella is, is that you know if you were around her house and things got a bit touchy-feely and exciting, you do the business, and then she'd go, right, I bet I'm going to make a cake then. Like, <laughs> what's, not, what's not to love about that woman? What's not yeah. to love about that woman? She's Until like, like you, you receive it and it says in icing on the top, that was really disappointing. I, at that point, I won't care. The yeah, transaction's been completed. Yeah, I won't care at that point. I'll have had sex and got a cake. At that point, well, I don't care what she says. Now, out, out of all of like the, the celebrities who are potentially getting on a bit, I really hope she is counted as that kind of vulnerable group where she's given a COVID vaccination. Because I, I could not live without knowing that Nigella is safe. Protected from this awful virus, we must like, protect, protect Nigella Lawson. Like David Attenborough, don't care. He's done loads of stuff. <laughs> we can go back and watch his stuff. That's fine. Nigella, protect her. Keep her safe. <laughs> She's special. She's smart as well. And this is this is something I've mentioned to my wife before. And that women just don't seem to understand how powerful they are. They don't seem to understand that you are, you control so much power and you have so much control over men just because you're women and you have boobs. And like, <laughs> they just, I'm like, do you not understand? And she's, my wife will say, she'll talk about Nigella. She'll go, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, she's so fucking blatant. I'm like, yes, I know, but that's why she's clever. <laughs> she's clever. She's using it to her advantage. Women should use sexuality to their advantage. Why not? If you've got it, flaunt it. And if you can use it to get ahead, use it. Because women shouldn't need to. Women shouldn't need to rely on sexuality to get ahead. She should be there, out of all all of the TV chefs, going, Mmm, I got cream on my cleavage. Look at that, what an accident. (laughs) Like, to make her show more popular. And to make us go, bloody hell, I hope she's got the vaccine. (laughs) You know, it shouldn't be the case where... What what is going to be our our children? Because we've all got girls. At some point in the future, if they become celebrities, having to do that to get ahead, that's not acceptable. They no, no, no. I know. I no. I disagree. I think it's different. I don't think. I don't think it's a case of she's doing it because she feels as though she has to. I think she's smart and she's using it to get ahead. 
I think she's well aware of what men are looking at and men are expecting and men in the industry are expecting. I think it's smart. I agree. She shouldn't have to do it. But if somebody came up to me and said, I think you're really fit. Would you like a cooking show? I'd go, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to go, well, I don't know. I mean, society mate today, what are we thinking about? What kind of message is that going to send? I don't give a shit. <laughs> you think I'm good looking? Yes. Give me a TV show. Give me loads of money. I have said this to my wife. My daughter is already quite popular at school with boys and things like that. And I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to say to her, look, there's going to be a point where a boy is going to like you or want to give you a kiss or blah, blah, blah. And I keep saying to her, Georgie, you have so much control. You will have so much control over boys just because you're a girl. I know that girls can, like, you know, the the kind of stupid thing about, you know, the crazy ex-girlfriend or the psycho ex-girlfriend. Boys can be fucking insane when it comes to girls. They can be fucking nuts when it comes to girls. But girls don't seem to realize that. They have so much power, so much control. And I don't think it's I don't think it's anything bad if Nigel is using her sexuality to get what she wants. I, I, I'm all, I applaud her for it. I guess she shouldn't have to. She's the executive producer and all the stuff of her show. It's yeah. her show. She knows what she's doing. And I'm all like, well done. You are being smart and using what you have to get ahead. I think she it's figured clever. Out, she figured out a formula that works and she's sticking to it and she's going to stick to it until it stops selling books or stops selling uh, half an hour <laughs> slots on TV. Is, yeah, exactly. Is, are you guys saying she is effectively like doing the cooking version of OnlyFans? She's well aware of the <laughs> the attraction she generates <laughs> with people. I didn't wonder how long it would take us to get to OnlyFans. <laughs> and and <laughs> she's episodes. utilizing that to market herself and show to people, look, yeah, I can do this, but also look at my nice body. And <laughs> therefore, I get paid because of that. Because... I I have a great deal of support for sex workers and people in that industry and the empowerment that women and men as well get from being able to embrace their sexuality and earn money from that, as long as they're doing it safely, you know, and legally. But on the other hand, is, is there a place for that type of thing in other parts of the entertainment industry? I think so, absolutely. Yeah, I do. I'm a I'm a big supporter of OnlyFans because I think it's a good way that if you're if you're really attractive and someone's going to give you money just because of how you look, if you then want to sell a service sexually online where nobody can get to you, nobody can touch you, why the hell not? Why yeah. wouldn't you? If some rich Arab sheikh wants to pay me five hundred quid for a picture of my feet. I'll be fucking taking pictures all day, every day. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit. And I'm, I'm not going to, like, again, this may seem very weird for a dad who's got a daughter. I would ideally not like my daughter to go into that business. But if she can make thousands of thousands of pounds because some loser sat in his fucking mum's cellar <laughs> can't get a girlfriend and looks at my daughter and thinks, oh, I'm going to fantasize about her, then fucking <laughs> milk that guy for all you can, princess. Bleed that sucker dry, baby, because it, you should. If he can't do that, and he's got to rely on the internet to get a, like to look at women, then fine, drain that sad sack. I don't care. Make the money. Good for you. Make all that <laughs> money, and then make sure to take out a uh, restraining order so you can still make all yeah. that money, but never get anywhere near him. And then yeah, like, make all that it. money, and then 
like live in a like the seventeenth floor of a really sort of well protected <laughs> guarded high rise yeah, exactly. building, so nobody can Although, see you or get to you. That needn't necessarily stop you. Did you hear that story recently about? Uh, and I think saw the like part of the video on Reddit where a stalker was tracking a girl. I think it was possibly an OnlyFans one or like an Instagram model, and <laughs> she was very high up. And this could have been like in America or Dubai or somewhere with bloody skyscrapers. He used a drone <laughs> to go <build> up <laughs> to her floor and was basically just spying on her through the window with this drone. And like part Fuck of the sake. video is just like her and her boyfriend or husband or whatever, just like sitting watching TV and then like turning around and looking out the window. Because obviously they're so high up, they haven't got the curtains drawn. <laughs> and like just going, oh my God, there's a drone there. The thing is though, I know we're kind of living that digital age and stuff, but stalkers have been around for generations. Mm. One of the women in ABBA ended up marrying her stalker. So that's how long... So since at least the 70s, you've had crazy people stalking celebrities. That's just how it goes. Does that that's count not... as a stalker if you end up going, oh, go on then, I'll marry you? Isn't well, yeah, that just a, a very persistent prospective <laughs> lover? That's like Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, Literally well Stockholm played, Syndrome, <laughs> because they're ABBA. And they, yeah, she was in Stockholm. Oh, it works on so yeah. many levels. Oh, God, it's like Stockholmception Syndrome-ception. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of stalkers and fancying people, Benny, we never got to your homework last week. Oh, yes. We got so busy. If we all remember, we started discussing the people who informed our sexual preference. I think Adam said Terry Hatcher... Oh yeah, I think I said Sunny from WWF. We all agreed on Jet from the Gladiators, yep. and I uh, <laughs> I I put the question towards uh, ask r slash ask Reddit. Uh, I'll go for a couple, and I, I feel silly now because I should have like asked people to describe what their actual sexual preference is. So I just got a bunch of random celebrity names. Better Bushcrafton says Shrek, which is a top cop, which is a top rated one on the actual. Uh, on the post that I made, which is very confusing to me. Better I mean, if Shrek your type, then go for it. He's better bushcrafting, because that sounds like a, a South African like cook cookbook. <laughs> That's Ray Mears. Yeah, I, uh, I can't find better bushcraft. I've got a no, no, no. updated Better version. bushcraft is the poster, not the person who they fancy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Wow. Well, I oh thought the God. person's name was Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> oh well if their first sexual preference was Shrek I completely understand he's got deep manly voice big thick hands, he's tall owns his own property true, true Yeah, <laughs> they wanted somebody They wanted somebody who could protect them that's what that was mm, and I, yeah, yeah I'm on board with that Why he not? attack, he attack I like to be he held that's what, they're, that's what they're saying <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the Bells Nickel 1991 was kind enough to post a link of who they said. It's uh, Bar Raffaele, who... Uh, oh, yeah. She is stunning. Fill Me With Mayo, which is a very um, apt, <laughs> apt <laughs> username for this uh, discussion topic, says... He's put two. I assume it's a he. Uh, Elvira and Hitomi Tanaka. I feel like he's got a type there. I'm just oh going to put God. it out. Elvira. <laughs> Elvira, that, mistress not of I was the night. My, that is not the one I was on my godding at, let me tell you. 
Okay, I'm, I am currently Googling Hitomi Tanaka. Be careful. Oh, Be God. careful. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, don't wild scream time. too much. <laughs> okay, hang on. Okay, it does come up. She's a particular type of actress in <laughs> yes. a particular type. Yes. Jesus Christ. There you go. Yeah, he's just seen yeah, he's just yeah. seen what we all know. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Go on, Benny. X Adonis says Gal Gadot. Is it Gadot or Gadot? I can never oh. get it right. Uh, I think it's Gadot. Gadot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's Again, a beautiful. Very good choice. Uh, a couple of people, uh, Responsible Onion and Ants Cannabis, have both said Alyssa Milano. Ah, okay. It's it when she in like some teen comedy films or like teen films back in the day. Uh, Ants yeah. Cannabis says she's on Who's the Boss, which I guess was like an old American sitcom. And Adam, Alyssa Milano was Schwarzenegger's daughter in Commando. Uh, How's that for a fun fact? Yeah. Wow. A couple more. I'll do uh, Admin Whore. Is that your job, Masters? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, says Farrah Fawcett. And I said it was the 70s and I had that poster. There was little little doubt. <laughs> yeah, Farrah Fawcett was, was the woman of the set. Like mm-hmm. Pamela Anderson was the for boys of the 90s. Yeah. Farrah Fawcett was for the 70s, man, definitely. She was well, like, yeah, the, who, the, the woman of the 70s. And who was for the 80s? Madonna? Goldie Horn? Yeah, could be. Anyway. Uh, and I'll do a, a one from the other side now. Uh, Boombastic Child 69 gave a selection of men that um, confirmed their sexual preference. There we go. I can speak properly. They said uh, David Bowie. Yes, correct. That's the right answer. Yeah, great uh, choice. Paul Newman, also the correct answer. Oh, also a great choice. Yeah. Steve McQueen, again. They're free for okay. free. And Michael B. Jordan. And he's, very, he's a very pretty man, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Michael B. Jordan's gorgeous. Yeah, he Jesus. Is. He is indeed. He was good in Space Jam. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go for one more. An evil vet says Terry Hatcher. Oh wait a minute. Yep. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> good go. man. Michael. Good Michael B. Jordan. I also asked Blossom as well, and uh, she said she gave two. She said Bon Jovi or John Bon Jovi. She's always been a massive John Bo- uh, John Bovi, Bon Jovi fan, and also. Um, Oh god, I've got his name. Jo- uh, Joshua Jackson, Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek. Holy shit! Oh Pacey. yeah, yeah. She oh. said she says to me. She always says to me that he was like boyfriend goals. So that's what I've got to live up to in life. Fucking yeah. hell, Benny. Long way that to makes, go yet, that makes her Joey. <laughs> that makes her Joey, and Joey's the most unsufferable bitch on the planet. So you know, hopefully that's not what Blossom's going to turn into. Oh god, yeah. Oh, no. She was a pain in the ass, wasn't she? <laughs> Christ. Do you know what's really weird? Sarah does not have any opinions on sort of male celebrities at all. Or female celebrities either. I always say to her, because I, I always like to ask women who like what women do you think are attractive, and I'll say mm. to guys what men do you think are good looking, because like, I'm always curious about stuff like that. Sarah just has no opinion. The only the only two guys she's ever shown any inclination towards are actually no, she likes David. Everyone likes David Beckham. I like David Beckham. He's fucking gorgeous. Which There's... David Beckham is the best David Beckham? Is it Mohawk, Skinhead, Double Ponytail? That's my particular favourite. No, I nice think unfortunately he's one of those. Yeah, he's one of those curtains. He's one of those <laughs> twats who just looks good all the time. Whatever, whatever he does, yeah. I'm like, fuck, he can pull that off as well. This isn't fair. Come on. Yeah. Anyway, well, can, can you imagine him though with his eyes like really wide open? Because I think that's where a lot of it comes from. He's got that kind of sultry, like eyes mostly closed look. But if he had like really big staring eyes. I don't think it would suit him, and I think he'd like look bug-eyed weird. Earl. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, basically. Or God, like, imagine like that, how many cookbooks you can sell. out of Deep Space Nine that Worf kills. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a load of really big bug eyes. There's a reference. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, but Sarah's only two are Enrique Iglesias. I agree. Stunningly mm-hmm. good-looking bloke. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Redknapp. Okay looking, but I just think he's a complete plank, so I don't really respect <laughs> that decision. Thank you, I couldn't Ask argue Reddit. with any of those. Couldn't argue with any of those, actually. I, d- I don't know. David Bowie never does it for me. I, d- I think he's too, just too kind of elf-like. <laughs> that that no, doesn't but you know, do it for me. Do you know, is it Bowie? I think with Bowie, it's one of those, and here I go in a massive sweeping generalisation that I love <laughs> to do. Bowie's an example of women finding men attractive because they're they're kind not of androgynous. Just the way they look. It's more the kind of their style or mm. the fact they can yeah. make great music or the fact they're. Women will find men attractive if they're funny, even if they're not that good looking. They'll find men attractive if they're. I don't know. I used to I, I used to know a girl who found mechanics really attractive, even if they weren't that good looking, because she was like, well, he works with his hands all day and he's a bit grimy. And I'm like, mm. I really like that. Yeah. It wasn't. You know, and I think Bowie's that. He's such a musical genius that women are just kind of like, wow, yeah. he's so fucking clever and smart. That's, and that so. appeals to me. I also think, yeah, like, it's he's... Like, like style and that, that fashion as well. I was gonna say, yeah, I also exactly. Think, I also think, oh, as a good punk, that's one of his songs. Um, I also think that um, he's interesting to look at, and I think it's the um, heterochromia thing with his eyes being different mm. colours. I could get lost in those different coloured eyes. <laughs> that would throw me. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily know which one to look at. <laughs> it depends on my the mood. red one. <laughs> All right, we should ask. I should ask you something about parenting, or at least something with the kids, because that is kind of why we're here. I've got someone to talk about parenting. Oh, go on then, mate. I've Fire got away. a mini baby update. Oh, okay. I'm not going to do mini explosions for this. So, Adam, could you do uh, mini explosions? If for a mini update, Adam, could you please provide the sound effects? Okay. Was that the air being let out of a balloon? No, that Thank was uh, a firework going off in the air. Oh, okay, cool. That was perfect. <laughs> um, baby update. Well, first of all, actually, there's a couple of things. Adam was kind enough to send me a book, which is That's What to Expect best. the First book. Year, yeah, which apparently helped you when out you're a lot. expecting is, in my opinion, like the Bible of baby stuff. Mm. And, and this is a personal recommendation, not sponsored by those people, <laughs> the not authors. Yet. But no, yeah, not, not yeah. Yet. Come on. Uh, but yeah, I I found it so helpful. And there's no point getting you the what to expect when you're expecting because you're mostly halfway through the whole expecting bit. Three quarters of the way there. But yes, yes, I got you that book because I found it really useful. It helped calm me down at mm. all the various points, even with baby number three. It worked really well. It also was, uh, I've only read a little bit of it. I did a bit of swatting up, as Blossom said the other day. Uh, it said about um, rubbing the nipple. It said it was talking about the nipple of a bottle to entice the baby to feed, but she'd read it as actual nipple. And I said to her, to be fair, like, with your boobs, you can rub my nipple on my face to get me to do anything. It's fine. So a baby, <laughs> you know. As I said, we're just very simple men. Very simple men. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the mini baby update. Very excited for me, at least. Um, I felt the baby kick for the first time today. <gasps> oh, oh my god, today. that's amazing. Nice, that's so cool. We were um, laying on the bed. We were watching Hollyoaks, embarrassingly enough. and she felt... Now it's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> she felt the baby move, and I put my hand there. like, and, Well, she guided my hand to the spot where it was, and I felt 
like something push against the palm of my hand. Because every time she says she feels kicks, I've tried to feel it. But mm. and I might have felt it before, to be fair. But I've always been I've been feeling with like the tips of my fingers, and I always think oh, that's just your pulse. You're not actually feeling like yeah. the kick having on. So I, I felt today with the, p- the palm of my hand, and I felt something like almost like um, pushing against it rapidly, like like poking it essentially. And yeah. then uh, about half an hour later, she said she was going to she was feeling kicks again, and I put my head there this time, and it, the baby properly kicked me in the head. So <laughs> like mother, like daughter. Really. It gave you a bomber, yay. <laughs> she pretty much did, yeah. Oh, so that yeah, that's the that's the mini mate. baby update. I have felt the baby move. That is so good. And one of my favourite things is like a in the pregnancy period, like the latter stages, was when we were going to sleep, spooning and put my arm around mum and putting her my my hand on the belly while she was asleep. And you could just feel the baby like move around, like mm. roll and kick. And it's like, oh, mum's asleep, but baby's awake, and I get to like interact with the baby in that way. And it it was just something so special, and I'm so jealous that you've got that coming now. Sorry, buddy. That's all. What right. you want to do, Benny, is so when Blossom's asleep and you're awake and baby's awake, just start whispering things into Blossom's tummy that you want <laughs> baby to do. Just little, you know, little suggestions and stuff like that. Don't forget, daddy's the best. Daddy loves you more. That is the most important one. You know, just little things. Nothing serious. Just little <laughs> things like that so the baby gets an idea. You can get things like that, though, can't you? You can get, like, devices that play, like, yeah, yeah. Mozart into the womb. Ah. Which I, I've never understood. I, I don't know if that helps. If it's just shut your baby up. <laughs> just keep your baby interested in something. Stop them, like, kicking your spleen. I, I don't know what the point of it is. But I don't know, Benny. Have you like, have you and Blossom done anything like that? Like playing music to the baby, talking to her. Funnily enough, earlier this week we went to the shops together, and I don't know. You, I don't think you get it where you guys are. We have a radio station here called Greatest Hits Radio, which plays songs from the seventies, um, eighties, and nineties. On the radio was, uh, oh, I need to find it. I think it's um, you're the voice, but I can't think who sings it off the top of my head. It's the one that goes, whoa, that one. Uh, John Farnham sings it. And I was that was on the radio, and I was singing along to it, because driving a van for 10 hours a day, you hear a lot of the same songs, so a lot of these songs I, I know quite well now. Singing along to that, apparently the baby was going absolutely crazy. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it seems to like my singing. And also, um, the other day we were watching Muse Live, again, like, bloody daughter, like, like father, like daughter. Muse Live was on TV, and what we were watching that, and apparently the baby was going crazy for that as well. So it does work. I mean, if babies are anything like plants, listening to music does make them better. Because I remember on uh, I used to watch MythBusters back in the day, and they did a thing about making plants listen to music. And if you make a plant listen to heavy metal, it grows much better than it does listening to fucking Beethoven. <laughs> I actually I did play music into Sarah's tummy when George was about. Eight, well, and Sarah's eight months gone, sorry, yeah. before George was born. And I did that, yeah. I got some big headphones and just rested them on Sarah's tummy. And we just played the music. Not loud, obviously, but, you know, a, a decent volume. And I did that. I would play, like, Nirvana and Queens of the Stone Age and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> just because I was like, well, I wanted to get into music. I wanted to hear things. And I think it's like the drum beat and stuff like that must have been, you know, must have been encouraging things and responses. And they must have, they must have done tests and stuff like that to find out that these things work. So, yeah. yeah, I'm all for it. It's a great thing. I'd be worried about doing it too loud just in case I... 
birthed something. And also, <laughs> I forgot to mention as well, um, when I had my head down down her belly, I, I said to her, it sounds like, you know, the sound of like water in like a pool I could hear. Like, you know, when you put your head to a stone, you can hear like the, they, the sea, they say, or whatever. Or to a um, a shell, you can hear the sea. Yeah, yeah. I've quite, I kind of got that feeling when I was down there, but like the sound of, say, like you're in a swimming Maybe pool, or you put your head underwater in a in the bath or in a swimming pool. That kind of sound I heard, which I guess is like the fluid and whatnot in there. But yeah, really cool, really excited. I'll ask I'll ask Adam this question first then, because this was something I noticed this week, and I'll actually I'll actually tell this story first and put my side to it, and Adam can obviously, and then Benny can answer, but. George is very, very independent already. Doesn't rely on people. Sometimes sometimes when her friends sort of FaceTime her, she might not have spoken to them all day. And I'll just say, you're not talking to them. She's like, no, nah, I can't bother to them. I'm not bothered. I'm not in the mood. Yet her friends ring her every single day and different friends ring her every single day. Now, I don't know if that's maybe if they're bored or their parents are telling them to do it. I don't know. I just know it from my side. I don't know if it's an only child thing or it's a me thing that she's very happy in her own head doing her own thing, being by herself, which I am as well. That's I am very much like that. I can happily go four or five days without talking to people. I can actually, sometimes when I go to work, because there's only three people in our office, if the trainer is out training carers and my boss is out, I don't know, at meetings or stuff like that, I can sometimes have an entire week on my own in the office where I don't talk or see a single person. Mm. Because when you walk into my building, you walk in, you turn left, you walk up some stairs, you're in our office, and that's it. So it's not like I even see people at reception or anything like that. And I'm completely fine. It doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. Whereas my wife will like she can go crazy sometimes if she hasn't spoken to people or seen anybody or done anything or anything like that. And George is definitely getting that from me. That personality trait of I am totally fine being by myself. And I just want to do my own thing now and I'll talk to them later if I feel like it. So I was wondering, Adam, what personality traits have you seen that your kids have picked up from you? And then, Benny, what personality traits would you like your kids to have from you? Oh, God, that's a difficult one. I think my <laughs> my kids mostly have, like, my sense of humour, which is just daft, because that's the type of stuff I said to them. <laughs> and what have you like this past few days because it's been half term i've had my older kids with me not not the youngest one daisy but i've had dan and soph with me the older ones and we've been able to be a bit more kind of adult in our conversations not necessarily have to watch what we say or how we say it so we don't like influence a five-year-old incorrectly <laughs> and and teach them stuff that they don't know so we've been able to discuss more about you know more like adult things and watch more adult stuff on the tv uh, and make more adult jokes and you know the number of like dick jokes and and things like that that we've come up with where mm. we've all just been like rolling around laughing part of that being like the novelty of my kids saying that type of stuff and me getting to hear it because they're like that with the mum and what have you. They don't have that opportunity when they're with me, usually. But also, partly because they're both really funny as well. They've both got very good senses of humour. And I, I like to think that's been passed on. The the, <laughs> the only other thing is, I, I would say I notice it more with my son than I do with my daughter, is he's got very low tolerance for other people's bullshit. <laughs> he's got that, that thing where it, it's just like, why are you doing this? Why are you saying this in this way? 
but not in in like a, a type of a justice way. Not like, how dare you say that kind of thing that makes these types of people upset. It's more like, why are you saying that? What have I done wrong? Why why am I a bad person that's made you say those things to me? So it's all tied up with it, like his, his insecurities kind of thing. Uh, and I hate to see that in him because he, he's only 10. He doesn't have necessarily that kind of emotional support structure already built into his mind and into his body to be able to cope with that kind of stuff. D- you know, despite the support from me and his mom and other people involved as well. So that's something I suffer from, is that type of insecurity, and somehow that's been passed down to him. I don't know how, because I don't express that type of thing in front of the kids, because I don't need to, they're my kids. But yeah, that they're the kind of the personality things. So very good sense of humour. One of them's quite insecure at times <laughs> <laughs> with other people, which is pretty much me spot on. There's two things that I think, like uh, personality traits that I have, which I would love, love the little girl to to get. And, and one of them is um, I do feel like I'm quite inquisitive and especially was when I was younger and I still am a little bit now in that I need to know how something works so I can understand so I can understand it better so I was thinking the other day when I was again driving my van about how I'd um, explain to a little girl how a combustion engine works funnily enough and I'll be like well you know spark goes off it makes fuel ignite and makes these pistons go up and down which turns the leather which turns the wheels and all that sort of thing and if I would like, again, that might be because I learned about how babies are made via robots, so that might be how I got into <laughs> um, into this sort of thing. But yeah, I, f- I would love it if um, the little girl, and I guess children are like already inquisitive, but I would like them to to keep that going throughout their uh, older, you know, as they grow up and get older. I'm I'm still like that now. I still have to feel like taking shit apart and feel figuring out how it works. Uh, the other thing is. I feel like, I don't know if you guys have seen it in me, but I feel like I'm super competitive. Blossom always tells me off for it. <laughs> that I, have to, I have to win every time. Uh, I, don't, I don't want them to be as competitive as me, because I still want her to beat her at all the things that she tries to do. But I do want her to try to be the best she can. Like I want her to, be, I want her to try and be the, the smartest one in the class, the best one at sports, the best one at everything best one at Pro Evo, like I was in school back in the day. Yeah. I've never noticed that about you, though. I've never noticed that about you, though. And we've had, we've done competition stuff at my house before, because we're, you know, a bunch of stupid idiots. Mate, mate, mm-hmm. who, won, who won the uh, the first competition? Who won the Lid Cup the first time? No, I get you it. You think that was an but... accident? No, I wanted no, no. that. <laughs> no, no, I get it. I get you want to win, but I wouldn't have you as, like, a tryhard or something like that. I've I never, can, I've I can never... get very bad. Blossom really? Tells, Blossom okay, tells I'm me surprised. Off all the time. I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised. Do you know what? I'm kind of the same, and I'm the kind of I will talk shit, and I will I will try my best to win if I'm playing something. If I'm playing something, what's the point of playing it if I don't mm-hmm. want to win? Yeah, exactly. Why am I even bothering doing this then? I'm also not play play then. What's the point? But on the back of that, if somebody beats me. And they're the better person. I got no issue being like, okay, you know what? You were better. Well done. Congrats. You know, if it if it calls for it, I'll shake the hand or, you know, well done. Yep, you were better. Can't argue with that. But to me, 
you're saying it as in like if somebody beat you, you'd stomp off in a huff or something like that. <laughs> it's not so not so much like I'd stomp off in a huff, but I get very within myself and I feel like I, I criticise myself for doing stuff wrong. Like again, going back to the day, I used to play my mate Chris at Pro Evo like constantly. We would, we would play. I'd go round to his and we'd play it for hours, especially like when we only had a half day at school. So for like twelve to five, we'd be playing Pro Evo constantly. And when he beat me, which wasn't very often, but when he beat me. I would spend like the next. I'd be in my head thinking, "You did this wrong. You did this wrong. You need to be better." So it's not so much like the um, <laughs> shit talking I'm aspect so surprised. of it. I just, oh, I just like you're not good enough. That's 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 the um, mentality that I had. So that's the kind of like I I want child to try to improve, but maybe not to the mental degree that I used to be, or sometimes still am. I think I do have that to a, to a sense that. I don't like it if I can't do something. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to do that thing. So Georgia has said to me before, I I started doing handstands against the wall mm. a few years ago because Georgia said, can you do a handstand? And I was like, no, of course not. She's like, I can. So I was like, right, <laughs> oh, you fucker. I'll you. <laughs> so now I can do hand. Now I can do handstands. You know, and I've 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 I was I can kind of walk on my hands a little bit because she said to me, can you walk on your hands? So I said, no. And she's like, well, oh, really? I was like, fucking right then. <laughs> All right then. So I started learning how to do that. Like, I mean, stupid stuff like that. So I think, yeah, I guess you're right. I do have that kind of thing. And I've, I've, I've always been the same with sports as well. Mm-hmm. There isn't, this is going to sound so big-headed, but I don't mean it to sound like it's going to sound. There isn't a sport I can't play. Mm-hmm. I might not be any good at it. I'm not going to win any fucking awards for throwing an American football or playing footy or playing tennis, but I can hit the ball with the racket. I can yeah. throw the American football. I can kick a ball. Not as well as me. You can kick a ball better than I can. I can kick a ball better than you, Ben. And I got the, <laughs> I've got the best hands. I got the best hands out of all of us. You know that for a fact. <laughs> but yes, but stuff like that. So if Georgia said to me, "Can you do this?" I want to be able to say, "Yeah, of course I can." And then I can, and then I can do it. And this thing she's asked me to do, she'll also like she'll 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 we'll do stretches together and stuff like that. She say, "Can you stretch?" So I'm like, "All right, no, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking try my best <laughs> to stretch as low as I can." And of course, she's a kid, you know, she can do the fucking splits and everything. <laughs> I, I have that sort of competitive side in it. But I don't think that's a bad thing. Like you say, like, if I want to do something, what's wrong with learning to do loads of different things? I don't think that's a bad thing. No. The, the bad thing is, st- like you said, storming off in a half and being like a real, yeah, that's real dick about I it. I hate that. Yeah, but I hate that. I, I'm, like I said, I, if, she, if little girl turns out to be like she takes defeat like introspectively and tries to improve on it that's great that's the that's probably the best case scenario but i mean maybe it's just me being in my own head but i feel like i take it too far and i shut i I, like mentally shut down until i become a better at whatever i'm trying to do i like how your kid's gonna sit down with you when she's three years old and say all right daddy I've got a PowerPoint ready as to why I lost at Snakes and Ladders, okay? So you're just going to have to go this through. I need you to go. You see here? I should have thrown a five. I should have thrown a five. I threw a four and fucked it. Oh, I'm so upset. I'm so upset <laughs> myself. Yeah. But then you've got to criticise her for her choice of, like, animations, for how it transitions between the different slides. <laughs> yeah. Just go down the yeah, level come on. of, like, well, yeah. what are you going to show my me your critiques on now? This PowerPoint needs more dissolves. Yeah. <laughs> Give me star wipes, goddammit. <laughs> Star wipes! <laughs> We're a Star Wipe household! See, I don't have that, that kind of competitive bone in my body. I honestly don't. I, I'm like, yeah, I didn't win. That's fine. I'm probably not going to win, and that's okay. I'm not going to do well. 
so why bother? And just do something else that you enjoy. <laughs> so I've never had that, and I've I've had it. I've had that lack of competitiveness for as long as I can remember, and that I think that's partly why I've not been interested in sports, watching football or mm. stuff like that. Is because like if my team loses, I don't really care. I'm not that fussed. Most recent football match I went to, which was Lincoln City versus Oxford. I went just to take the kids out because I was like, they've never been to a football match. That's something that they might like to experience. And we lost 6-1. It was the worst fucking match. And not just that, but because we were sat very close to like the, the pitch, like uh, the actual edge, then we were like one row back. Uh, and I'm there with my kids, you know, big, big chubby bloke. The guy on Oxford who scored a goal ran to me. And started going, that was a bloody good shot, wasn't it? Ah, get in! And, like, giving me jip. Like, I care (laughs) about whether or not he scored against Lincoln. And I literally just said to him, was it? I actually wasn't watching. And, and, like, showed him a phone. And it had, like, BBC News or something on it. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Just, like, walked off to his team. But that that's it. It's like, I'm just, I'm just not competitive, and I I see that like in my lad, he does get competitive and he gets mm. so frustrated and wound up. I want to push you to be competitive because I know I'm not, and having that drive can actually, like you guys have said, it can it can be beneficial, not just like for sport or for having fun, but in like your career and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like him to have that kind of drive that I've just gone, you know what, I'll just end up doing a job that I end up doing. That's fine. But he gets so frustrated when it doesn't go his way. Mm-hmm. And you do struggle to like just go, it's alright, mate. Because you, you've you lost, so we can learn this from it, and then we can move on. So it, it is something you definitely have to teach kid, I think. To, to get beyond that, just that simple frustration of, right, things haven't gone my way. I'm just going to quit. Because if you say, yeah, that's fine as a parent, they're just going to always give up. You're right. But I'm not. But then, see, I don't know if Benny's the same about this, but I'm not just talking about. You know, we used to play Battlefield together. Yeah. I wanted to have the high score every time. Yeah. I really tried. Like, I would kind of try hard to, to have that high score every oh. time. And I, and I, yeah, I'm the same, like, with, yeah, stuff like, even playing on video games and stuff like that. I would try my hardest to be the best player on it. Now, Again, now on the, vi- on the video game why? thing, just just quickly on the video game thing, why do you think I liked Battlefield Hardline so much? Because <laughs> you were the best at it. Exactly. <laughs> why do you think I fought for that game the whole time we were playing it? I like, no, it's really good. It's really, really good. Driving around in circles is the best. Yeah, see... Do you what... know what's weird, though? Is... Sorry, go on, I mate. was going to say, the one game I always find myself competitive in is Call of Duty. That is the one where I I will literally like swear at children, call them every <laughs> name under the sun if they get like a cheap kill on me. Like I, w- I was playing it, I was playing uh, Black Ops Three because uh, I'm I'm poor and don't have like the latest versions. But I was playing Black Ops Three earlier, and I was like, "Fuck yes, I came second in a match. Yeah, suck it, child." And there's like some <laughs> one kid who was on the team chat. It was like, "Oh, I can't believe he killed me." I'm like, yeah, fucking sell your game, trade it in, even though it's locked down. <laughs> Break into CEX and trade it. This isn't me. Why am I like this? Why am I so like 
just hyped up and pumped that, yeah, I, I shot more pretend people than you did. <laughs> I, I can get it. It is a rush. But I don't know why it's that one game in particular. Battlefield and stuff like that. I don't care. It's, it's fine. I, I'm more like, oh, I'm just going to have fun and see if I can find the truck that like shoots rockets into the air. <laughs> Rather than like, I have to get top of the leaderboard. I will say though, on if there's something where I know I'm not the best at it and I'm not gonna be. So, for example, this is gonna sound crazy, but I'll I'll bring it back to us three. But if we're playing a racing game, I know Benny's gonna win. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of expecting Benny to win because he's really good at racing games. And if I win a race or something, Benny's in it. I'm like, oh cool, beat Benny. I'm I'm pretty chuffed <laughs> with that. Yeah. So I don't have it kind of twisted like that where I think, well, I have to win at everything, even if I know I've got no chance. My father-in-law plays a lot of golf, and we'll go down the driving range. Okay, I can hit the golf ball, but I would never go and play a round of golf because i just not put the time and effort in to learn or get better or mm. that kind of thing. So I'm happy just sometimes just to hit the ball. I'm not too fussed if I'm not, you know, smashing it 250 yards or something because I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. But that's something I know that I've seen in Georgia that... If she just can't even do something, she gets super frustrated. Yeah. And I'm trying to get that into her that, okay, there's some things you're going to do and there's some things you're just not going to be able to do. Just for whatever reason, yeah. you just can't seem to do it or get it right. And I'm trying to sort of get that around to her right now. That it's there's nothing wrong with not being the best at the, not every single thing. Some things you just can't do and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like and, I feel like it's a lesson I've got to teach, but um, it's going to be very difficult for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a fine balance because you've also got to say, you know what, all the stuff that you are really good at, don't just rely on that as well. Don't rest on your yeah, that's laurels a good point. because, like, mm. you're really good at maths or something like that. Doesn't mean that you should stop pushing yourself. That that kind of complacency is is just as negative as well as giving up on the stuff you can't do. Because it does leave you with a very kind of narrow spectrum of areas that you can go into for, like, careers, further education, uh, you know, stuff you enjoy in your personal life. You've you've got to be willing to try these, like, new experiences, fail at them, and if you did get one bit of enjoyment out of it before you failed, carry it on. Do it again. And there is that um, slap in the face as well when you realise as a kid you're not the best at something. Mm. Because maybe you think you are. So, for example, I was the fastest kid in primary school up until oh, I don't know if I I don't know if I won the 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 sprint race in the last year or not. I can't remember, but I was one of the fastest kids. So then, first year of high school, we go to do PE and it's athletics, and I'm stood on the like the hundred meter line, and I'm thinking I'm gonna fucking piss this, and I came like fifth. <laughs> I was like, what? That's not possible. How are the people faster than me? There can't be, and I couldn't get my head around it. It's like, how is that possible? There's somebody just naturally quicker than me, yeah. and I hate. I couldn't get used to it. I hated it. It, it, it is a weird <laughs> lesson to learn. I remember learning it uh, in in a very similar way. Instead of like a racing competition, because I was a fat kid, it was a video games competition where yes. Blockbuster ran a uh, an NBA Jam co- tournament. And you had to go into like your local blockbuster to like play a round of NBA Jam, and if you reached a certain like uh, like point limit or or score within a set period of time, you moved on to the next round. And I fucking loved NBA Jam. I, I, Phoenix Suns, they were my team. Absolutely like trounced the AI every time I played it. <laughs> Did this competition, fucking choked, terrible. 
didn't go through, and I was totally expecting to. And that devastation on that long walk home from Blockbuster <laughs> is terrible. It's a terrible lesson to learn as a kid. But yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> it's the worst. When you think you are going to be really good at something, and you are quite forcibly told that you're not. I just imagine. I just imagine you walking home um, from from the uh, the shop with just with Blockbuster, with just like the sad Hulk music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's not got that thing over his shoulder. He's got his controller over his shoulder. <laughs> it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> the piano music from the Hulk playing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Just but I've been on fire so many times. Why could I not get on fire? <laughs> I didn't even get one boom shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no other way to learn, is there? People exactly. can tell you as much as they want. Well, you're not exactly you're not the best at it, but you don't know that because all you know is what you think you can do. So until it actually happens and you get the proverbial slap in the you know, the, the kind of metaphorical slap in the face, you you don't know that. But yeah, when it does, you just like you, your world suddenly comes like everything I thought is a lie. Your world comes crashing yeah. down. And it's like it's so hard to take. Okay, as usual, the time has flown by. Let's get on to uh, baby names and advice, please, Adam. Okay. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Baby names. <laughs> Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Or advice. Which one do you want? Benny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been a while. Don't do it! Since we've had advice go first. Let's do uh, it. Let's do it. Advice first. It. Advice first. Okay, so this is something that I don't know, Danny, if you've ever heard. Uh, Benny, you may have heard it. You may have even read it in that book. It's kind of like an old wife's tale. It's bad to eat bruised potatoes when you are pregnant. So by bruised potatoes, when you're peeling a potato and you notice like the black spots in it that you have to like dig out with the peeler or like chop off with the knife. Now, don't uh, have you guys ever heard of that or not? No, I've never heard no. that. I haven't, but I'm now looking through the uh, index of the book to see if there's any. <laughs> mm, potato. Bruce, under B for Bruce Potato. <laughs> Bruce Potato. I just got a horrible like image of like Bruce Forsyth in a Mr. Potato costume. Bruce Potato. <laughs> Bruce Potato. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. <laughs> Off the diversion. Right, so this advice actually comes from the 70s, so it is relatively recent in the grand scheme of things. I do seem to remember this, like, as a kid, this being talked about in my family, and me just not, like, worrying about it because I was a kid at the time. There was a book called Rediscovering Birth by Sheila Kitzinger, and this book was out in the US, and it was out in Britain, and in that book it advised pregnant women to not eat bruised potatoes, because eating them could potentially cause major birth defects. So naturally, women reading this stopped eating bruised potatoes. Now, there, there is a kernel of truth in it, because it is a bit of a, a daft thing, because it's just a potato. Potatoes contain a natural toxin, uh, glycoalkaloids are called, and all potatoes have them. But all potatoes have such a low level of the toxin that it's like a one in a billion chance to actually be poisoned by the amount of toxin that they produce. So this advice was a complete no-go, really. The bruised potato, it is perfectly fine to eat them. You're not going to get poisoned by a little bit of a mark in a potato. The ironic thing, though, is that in this book, 
the author promoted instead of bruised potatoes, don't eat those, you need to eat liver. That is the ideal food for an expectant mother. But reality, it isn't. That is, is the food stuff that can actually cause birth defects in fetuses because it's got such a high concentration of vitamin A that when that is in your bloodstream and you're pregnant, it it can cause the defects in the fetus while it's developing. Only the high concentrations, you can still have like multivitamins that are specially developed for pregnancy, but consuming a lot of liver coupled with the trend in the 70s and into the 80s for people to take massive amounts of vitamins that are bought over the counter actually saw an upswing in birth defects because people were just following the blind advice from this book. Now, whatever qualification Sheila Kitzinger had at the time, I don't know, but obviously she was being highly promoted by the British liver industry <laughs> or the American like big big, big liver. Big liver. Yeah. <laughs> big liver. <laughs> and uh, obviously they were trying to short the stocks in like national potato sales. But <laughs> don't eat liver, do eat potatoes. It's all good. You don't have to worry about being forced to eat horrible, awful and bits of an animal that you sh- should never see the light of day. So there's your I will advice. Say, I will say I think liver is fantastic. I'm a huge liver fan. Obviously not if I was pregnant. No, <laughs> no. Li- liver can be good for you. You know, it, it's got really good vitamin A in it. It's got obviously lots of protein in it and other things. It can taste nice. Mm-hmm. With me admitting I'm a bit of a weirdo, I do like it not cooked. You get a little bit, you slice it very thin. Whether that's safe to eat or not, I don't know. But it, it does make it more tasty. But uh, yeah, I, I don't eat liver now because I got, surprisingly I got food poisoning after eating some months. <laughs> oh my god. Stunned man eats then, raw meat in hospital. Gets ill. <laughs> gets ill. Oh, no more liver me. carpaccio for Adam. No. Yeah. <laughs> Liver tartare. <laughs> so yeah, I think the moral of that story is don't necessarily re- believe everything you read without the person being qualified. Get your information from multiple verified sources. And I think that's something we can all take away and, and learn from it in this day and age in of, all walks of Facebook mums groups, basically. A mother in the UK, she was from Powys, she was banned from naming her baby, a particular name, which we'll get onto at the moment. She'd had twins, a girl and a boy. She wanted to call the girl the name, which I'm going to reveal in a minute, and she wanted to call the boy Preacher, saying that she had a human right to name her own children. I mean, Preacher, okay, she's naming it after a profession or a comic book or TV series, I can't say, nah. but... Oh, Preacher, I thought you said Creature. Oh, that's no, not really Preacher. name to call your trial. <laughs> now this ended up actually going to court her children eventually did get taken into care so you know th- there is a bigger picture here we shouldn't necessarily make light of it but the reason this whole process started and her children ended up going into care is because she wanted to name one child preacher she wanted to name the little girl cyanide <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> obviously tying into the whole like poisoning your child, uh, naming your child after a poison. Now, there's a lot of negative connotations to do with cyanide. It is a poison. 
it kills people. And when it went to court, the judge did issue an injunction against the mother, basically forbidding her from formally registering the twins' four names. Basically saying, you cannot name your children at all. Because this name that you are determined to call them is terrible. The judge, Lady Justice King, said that naming a little girl after a notorious poison was simply unacceptable. Now, in in the woman's defence, she said, because the judge said to her, even allowing for changes in taste, fashion, and individual perceptions over time, cyanide is a very odd name to give a baby girl. And her mum said, well, cyanide is a good thing. Because it it stems from, like, the root word stems from flowers and plants, which it does. Obviously, you find cyanide in, like, apple seeds and things like that. But her other thing... I'm saying we shouldn't make light of her. But this reasoning, the other reason which she said cyanide has good connotations is because Hitler took cyanide and it killed him. That's a good thing. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, again, she's not wrong, is she? She is not wrong. It did a, it did do the world a great service, didn't it? She's got a point. She has got a point. I was wondering if she could have snuck one by by just having the first name Cyan. Yeah, I was then, thinking that, yeah. Yeah, the last, the middle name was IDE. Yeah. Because I mean... maybe they wouldn't, for some reason, maybe they're not going to put two and two together at the register office and be like, oh, Cyan. What a nice name. Yeah, something. And I'm... not think about it. And unless the child grow up to be quite suspicious. Because if Cyan is sus, then he's gonna get thrown out of an airlock. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Christ. Worry yes. This Video would have been relevant reference. six months ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, th- this poor woman obviously went went through a lot, wasn't necessarily in the best frame of mind. <laughs> naming her children and was banned for that. The reasoning about it is just amazing. Of all the ones you've mentioned as well, that's not the worst one. Exactly. exactly. I don't think calling your kid cyanide, it's not terrible from the ones we've heard. Don't get me wrong. If there was a kid called cyanide in my daughter's class at school, I would find it hilarious and just be thinking, (laughs) what the hell were they doing? Yeah. Maybe they were taking cyanide when they came up with this name. I don't know. But I do think of all the ones you've mentioned so far, it's not been the worst, but I agree. It's yeah. not great. Yeah. Uh, ju- just to kind of wind up that story, just with people who uh, may be listening and just wondering, well, what happened to that child? Preacher wasn't an objectionable name, and that was fine, but obviously Cyanide was. So the judge ruled that both twins' names would be chosen by their older half-siblings. So what they actually ended up being named as, I don't know. Other kids got to choose. So potentially we not got a good like, idea. You know, the girls called Beyblade, the boys called Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I don't know. This was quite a few years ago in Palace that it happened. Who knows? Maybe they've been named after their like favourite uh, Twitch streamers, such as Cyanide, for example. <laughs> <laughs> the boys called Ninja. Yeah, Ninja and Cyanide. Deary me. Alright, well I'm not sure how to I'm not sure how to end on that, so we'll just say <laughs> We'll just say that'll do for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, anything else, Adam or Benny? No, other than uh, thank you very much for everyone who's listening. Everyone who's like sent us messages, uh, giving us feedback, you know, co- commenting about how much we're enjoying stuff. Keep keep the trend going. Here we've been going for 10 weeks now. We're coming for you, Ricky Gervais. All right, there we go. 
Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. CTFN. Bye, everyone.